I'm just going to scratch around here for a little bit and just believe God to use me in some capacity. And in first Peter chapter five, I just want to read two portions of scripture, pray, and then get into this. What I really feel in my heart that God has spoken to me from the moment I heard that we were going to be here. I just, every time I'd go to the scripture, God would just leap something up within me. And so we're just going to follow the cloud. (laughs) But he says in the word of God in first Peter chapter five, verse 10. And I know there was a lot that has been said in this epistle, but he says, but the God of all grace who hath called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. After that, you have suffered a while, make you perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you to him. Be glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. I just simply entitled this this morning, the God of all grace. The God of all grace. Would you pray with me over the word? Father, I thank you today. And Lord, I come before you as a as a man, Lord, that is just frail and faulty and Lord, just human. But God, you know how to possess a human being in their spirit with your Holy Spirit. And I pray that you would rest upon me and that I would carry a, an anointing God that would speak God and communicate to this congregation. Lord, and that, Lord, that they would be ministered to and that we would all leave here today, Lord, with our hearts warmed within us, God, knowing that we've been in the presence of God. I'm thankful today and I ask your blessing upon this word and this message and this servant. In Jesus' name we ask, amen and amen. I'm preaching, as I said, this thought, the God of all grace. And yet before before I get into my message, I want to share with you that I am a late bloomer uh, on this beautiful truth of grace. You say, well, Pastor Jonathan, how long have you been saved? Oh, 33 years I've been saved, but let me share something with you. For years, I never heard the message of God's grace preached. I never heard it, and if I ever heard it preached, it always came with a disclaimer. It always came with a disclaimer to protect it from misuse and abuse. But I have found as I have went through the word of God, how God's grace is all through that whole Bible, a common thread. And um, I'm I'm so thankful today and thanks be to God for uh, that grace doesn't lay dormant, even though we don't know about it. Amen. Grace doesn't lay dormant. And I'm thankful that it doesn't lay dormant in my life anymore. More. God said, even when you thought it wasn't working, it was working. Amen. When you thought it wasn't taking place, it was taking place. But, it, 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 you know, but a lot of times I'm just grateful today that, it, that it's being experienced and understood and appreciated and enjoyed in my life because for years it never was. And I lived a very unfulfilled and, and unsatisfied and, and, and ineffective life in the capacity that I could have just like pastor uh, Lee was preaching this morning, but I'm grateful today that I've come at least to this place and I'm at the beginning. So if I get a little excited about the grace of God this morning, just, just look at me. Amen. And just praise God with me. You say, we already knew all of that already. Well, I, I didn't, but I understand it now more and I'm 
still learning, amen? And I'm grateful for that. But God reminded me that grace never stopped working in your life. It's never stopped working. God never stops working. What he begins, he finishes, amen? He's the author and the finisher of our faith this morning. And he's the grace in between those bookends, if you will, of your life. But uh, he reminded me that it's grace working everything for your good when you don't even know it. Amen. And he said it is grace that's ever living to make intercession. When you thought grace wasn't working, Jonathan, he said, I was in heaven interceding for you. Amen. I'm grateful this morning for the intercession of our Lord and Savior that he didn't quit even when we didn't know he was working. Amen. But it is grace saving us to the uttermost. And it is grace and the God of all grace who's called us unto his eternal glory by Christ Jesus. Now, as I'm reading this scripture this morning in this text, there these are Peter's words in his epistle. And I, I want to just, you know, let you know that you, and you probably already know this, but this was written and penned after a life of experiencing God's grace in all things. He could say, I have seen God move in all things in my life and in every instance, in every mountain, in every valley, in every situation and circumstance, God was working and his grace was at work. And and I can write and pin this at the latter part of my life that the God of all grace who's called us unto an eternal glory and a glorious experience and he's the one that will establish you. He's the one that will settle you. He's the one that brought me through in perfection. He's the one that did all of the work that's in my life that allows me to pin today what I'm writing. Oh, I'm getting excited. I got to write it in here for a second. Hey, man, I'm like drinking from a fire hose sometimes. <laughs> it's all right. In every season, Peter said, I have found all grace to be sufficient in God. He's the God of all grace. Amen. He's the God of all grace in every miracle that you need. He's the God of all grace in every mistake that you've made in the midst of it. He's the God of all grace in every failure and every lesson that you go through and you learn. And if you don't learn, God doesn't get up, give up. He lets you go through something else that will bring you to learn the lesson. <laughs> Amen. He's the God of every restoration by grace. And I'm grateful for that today. And I know you are too. But the God of all grace showed up in every instance in Peter's life. And now we know, as I said, we're saved by grace. But Peter tells us, that we were called, called by grace to experience the glory of God in an encounter in the glory of God or, or experience in the glory of God. I love to sing that song and we sing it at our church and I don't know if the worship team knows it or not, but I certainly hope so. But we sing that song, King of glory, fill this place. I just want to be with you. I just want to be with you. Oh, 
I, I, I just want to be in his presence. I, 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 you know, all I know is that God called me as a 17-year-old young man and he revealed himself to me and I experienced his, his grace and his glory. And I have been, I have been chasing after, I know the Bible says that, that, uh, you know, he's pursuing us in Psalms 23, but I've been chasing after God all of these years and I can never seem to get enough, but I'm, I'm so grateful that he meets me and it gives me a touch of his presence and his spirit. But then I, it just carries me on to want more and want more and want more. And I just want to say to you today, and this isn't even in my notes, but just continue to keep pursuing him. Young people keep pursuing him. Amen. I can tell you, God wants to pour out his spirit and reveal himself to you so mightily, so powerfully that you will be marked forever and you'll never, ever tire of pursuing after him. That's what he's after in our lives. Now, let me get here. Many preach here in the word of God. And as I said, Peter, you know, is sharing things that he learned and, and exhorting us today. But I go back to whenever he first came to really experience and encounter the Lord Jesus. And if, if you don't have to turn there, but in Luke 5, verse 8, it's the encounter where Jesus... Jesus is borrowing his boat or, you know, is standing in there and preaching. And then we know what happens if you're a student of the word of God. We know that he tells him, go out and launch out into the deep and start fishing again. But Lord, we've been doing this. I'm an experienced fisherman is what Peter was saying. And I'm paraphrasing, but in essence, he was saying, but nevertheless, at thy word, I'll do what you tell me to do. And, you know, I've heard so many people and they've preached on how that the the blessing came because, you know, Peter allowed Jesus to borrow his boat. It was Jesus's boat anyway. Amen. And that he was blessed because he obeyed. I, I got it. Those are great messages for preaching and, and to minister a thought. And I was thinking about all of this, but God said the grace that I wanted to, and I was, and I'm trying to show you to speak to the people today, the grace that was working, all of those things were just instances and events to bring people. Peter to a place where he was so astonished by the glory of God and the presence of God. And God was looking to, to, to bring him into an encounter to the place where he kneeled down and he said, depart from me. I'm a sinful man. There's something that happened that day on that shore. He said, I've met the King of glory. I've met the great God almighty. Oh, are you here with me today? I'm excited about this. God wants you to have an encounter beyond where you're at today and it's greater than a blessing blessings that a lot of times people call blessings are just provisions the real blessings are eternal only what you can carry out of this world is a real blessing i know god gives us the things that we need and we call them blessings because it's god moving but that's not the main thing the important thing is that encounter with him and he reveals himself to you. Am I all right today, brother? Oh, God wants to take us into that greater place. Because this is what happens, and I've said this before. We go so far, and we stop right there. But God wants to take you beyond the retreat. He wants to take you beyond the retreat. Amen. He doesn't want you to be stirred once a year. He wants you to be stirred all year. 
that's just to light your fire and to get you stirred up. You know, and even disciplines, we look at disciplines and we say, oh, we need disciplines. Yes, we do. But, but the disciplines are only a catalyst to bring us into the place where we're meeting with God so he can reveal himself to us more powerfully. Oh, I'm all about encounter with God. That's all I know. That's all I can preach to you today because that's all I know. You know, uh, but those, those were events orchestrated by God's grace to bring Peter to an astonishing encounter because they were astonished. We've lost the awe of God in the church today. We've lost the awe of God where we come and we say, Lord, I'm speechless. I can be on words. I can't even speak. I'm just at this place, you know, and you got to touch my mouth like Isaiah or I can't even speak. I can't even tell you what I'm willing to commit to because I can't even speak in your presence. It's so wonderful. Oh, a discovery of God that captivates your heart. Like Moses at the burning bush, Pastor Lee was talking about that last night. I thought, Lord, he's just all over my message. But God said, I know what I'm doing. I know how to correlate everything, and there's a chain that links you all together. It's connected. Amen. Oh, Moses at that burning bush. Elisha in the field when he was touched by the presence of God when Elijah went by him and brushed that mantle over the top of him. Oh, it was the woman at the well had an encounter with Jesus. When nobody would talk to her, nobody wanted anything to do with her. And Zacchaeus that had to climb up that tree because he said, I'll never see him any other way. God sees you right where you're at. He sees you in your failure. He sees you in your sin. He sees you in your, you know, your inadequacies or the way you feel. But he looks at you and he says, I want an encounter with you. I want a moment with you. I want to mark you for the rest of your life that you'll always point back to that point of reference and say that is what I want that is what I'm pursuing after I look at the apostle Paul and I think he said I want to know him and I know there's a doctrinal and theological you know commentary on that I'm not an exegete but I will tell you this that what burns in my spirit is that yes the apostle Paul knew him like nobody knew him but he always wanted more there's more Grace calls us to a glorious encounter that changes the trajectory of our life. Young people, that's why you need an encounter with God. You don't have to worry about finding the will of God. Just have an encounter with the Lord and he'll direct you. You will begin to walk into the will of God as you're walking with him. Amen. You will. You will. I was at Living Waters and I was there and I was just singing on the platform, not just singing, I was singing and singing back up and, and we went through a time of real crushing and a real, uh, you know, God just really chasing my wife and I. And I remember as we, uh, were there and a year went by, our son was born, our firstborn son, and we went through the most horrific time with him. He was born, he wasn't alive and the Lord spared him and brought him back to life and he 
was in the hospital for a long season, premature, and, and it was just day by day. And But the Lord carried us by his grace through all of that, and he was doing something. And what I didn't know was through that trial, God was birthing something in me to bring me into his perfect will. I didn't see it. I didn't know it. But they began after that to ask me to preach in the prisons or sing. They said, we just want you to sing. Bring your guitar and sing. So I went and began to sing, and I would see those men in their weeping and crying and the Lord began to speak to me and I wanted to testify so I shared a testimony well a few weeks or months passed by they asked me to speak you know for five minutes and then that five minutes came to 15 minutes and then then they said we want you to take one of the services and my first service in the prison had three men I had two one crazy guy one probably demon possessed guy and another you trans as a man built like a bodybuilder had pink eyeshadow on and pigtails and walked in there but I preached the love of God and I preached salvation and I preached the gospel and he came down to an altar and God began to captivate my heart year after year after year I'm preaching ministering in the prisons and what 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 happened was there came a moment in 2000 after five years of being in that prison and preaching to those men that were a captivated audience I didn't have to worry about an offering I didn't have to worry about you know if they're going to leave or they're not going to like my preaching they didn't have a choice I believe if I started evangelizing they just said we don't want to hear anything he has to say but God was developing me his grace was seasoning me and grooming me and preparing me in 2000 he said now I want you to start a church I said, I can't. He said, you've been preaching for five years. I didn't even pay attention to that. God, by his grace, was working out his perfect will, and I wasn't even paying attention. But he was doing it. Grace calls us to a glorious encounter that changes the trajectory of our life. Because I would go and I would meet with him in prayer, and he would meet me there and just touch me. I couldn't, couldn't hardly stand to preach. I'd just weep under the presence of God. And those men would weep and they'd hug me, tattooed from head to toe, got tattoos coming out of their earlobes, hugging me and loving me. And just because the presence of God was there and he said, I can use anybody, even you. <laughs> but it changes the trajectory of our life. It changed Moses' direction in his life. It changed Elisha's, it changed the woman at the well, and it changed Zacchaeus, and it changed you and me. It's the very wor- wording or language that answers the cry or longing of our heart and our soul. The deep calling unto deep. When you hear and feel the Spirit of God saying, come away with me. 1990, I had glorious encounter. I'm going to share my testimony and some other things. I don't know how much time we got, but whenever I'm too long, just tell me. Amen. I'll stop. Maybe I hadn't have said that. In 1990, I had the glorious encounter that made me drop everything and follow Jesus. Everything. A broken young man born and raised in Missouri. Come from a broken home. I was abused, rejected, and abandoned, an empty vessel, a hopeless case. 
an empty place. But it had not been for grace, I wouldn't be here today. Lost in sin, I had fallen so low. Well, tell me where you went. No, I don't want to tell you. It's too ugly. But I know this much. I came to an encounter with the Lord and went into a Pentecostal church. And the Savior reached down. And he had to reach way down. Way down for me as the song says I was lost and undone without God or his son until he reached way down for me all I can tell you is I went to high school and I couldn't even look up I had no self esteem I was just bent over in a sense, maybe not, maybe not physically, but I was bent over and I just had no friends. I had no life. I was just broken, but the Lord reached down and he touched me and lifted me up. And, and, and I can't not, not share that. I can't let the day go by without sharing that. And, and, and you know, you say, well, everybody has an experience. Yeah, but your experience is in my experience. And, and to whom much is been forgiven loveth much amen and I love him today and I know you love him but I love him so much and I'm so grateful that he reached down and the blood went so deep that he picked me up and he made me a brand new creature in Christ Jesus hallelujah it wasn't one of these moments where, you know, you kind of enter out. I was all the way in. I was all the way in. I had already experienced what it was like out there in that world, and it was ugly. But the Savior reached down and picked me up. And he made me a new creature in Christ. He gave me value. Grace taught me that I'm valuable to God. Are you hearing me? Grace taught me I'm valuable to God. When people told me I was worthless, God said, you're not. You're the apple of my eye. When they told me nobody loves you, your dad don't love you. Nobody loves you. God said, I've loved you with an everlasting love. When they, when they said, you know, there's no more love left for you, God said, many waters cannot quench my love. Look, church, I never heard or knew those scriptures, but I knew it in my heart. Grace taught me. The anointing taught me what I did not know from the word of God. So I know we need to study. I know we need to know the word of God. But when we don't, God is so gracious that he shows us what we need to know. And he imparts it to our heart and our life. And he impresses us upon us so that we don't miss, amen, what he's trying to do and say. And the work he wants to do in our lives. He picked me up, a broken, worthless vessel. And he made me over again. Thank God he doesn't throw the clay away. But he starts over. He's a God of new beginnings. Hallelujah. And he's a God that... Even though you may trip up, you get back up because of the grace of God. Oh, I'm just I'm telling you, God kissed the earth in 1990 in that little Pentecostal church. And I was right in the middle of the smack. 
That's how it feels. My family said, what happened to you? I said, oh, Jesus, save me. From what? I said, I don't even want to tell you. Amen. But he saved me. Heaven came down and glory filled my soul. I knew he loved me. And that anointing taught me everything that I needed to know concerning his love and assurance. Grace is working in everything and through everything to bring us into a glory atmosphere and an encounter. And that was just Peter's beginning and mine too. The God of all grace worked to bring about revelation when he needed it. I know this may seem simplistic to you, but some of us need real revelation, not just what we've got here, Pastor Lee, but what God shows us. He shows us. And, 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 and Peter had that revelation whenever Jesus said, whom do men say that I am? Well, they say you're a lot of people, but who do you say that I am? Because it doesn't matter what everybody else thinks concerning you and your soul. You're going to be the only one that's going to stand before God by yourself. Not with your peers, not before your peers, not before the people that you're scared to death of what they think, but you're going to stand before God and That's why it's important that we have a revelation of Christ. That in all of my mistakes and my failures and all the things I don't know, I know this much that he is the Christ. And he is my answer. He's everything. It worked to cause Peter to step. Grace did. The, the, The God of all grace working. It caused him to step out in faith out of the boat. And to realize that the God that I know and that I'm, that's being revealed to me, it's not just theory. He's not just a ghost that I see out there on the water, but he is the true God. He is the only true God. And he's telling me, I want you to step out and do a little bit more. Step out and experience a little bit more. You can stay in that boat and just have a, what I'll call a menial or entry level experience and knowledge but he's saying I want you Peter to step out on that water and see me past what you got right here and to know me down deep in your heart in a revelation that only God could reveal to you he's a God who wants us to have a tangible experience you say oh God's a spirit I can tell you he's tangible to me and he can be tangible to you His presence can be so glorious. Amen. That you're just, you feel the, 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 I don't mean pressure in a bad way, but the pressure and the weight, my God, I'm in your presence. Oh my, I don't even have words to say. I just want to stay here and just glorify you and worship you and praise you. He wants that tangible. Look, I wrote this down. He's not a ghost or theory, but who is calling us to a tangible ministry from a tangible experience. The anointing, if it's real, it's tangible and it's transferable. And I mean transferable by this, that you touch people and you minister to them. He gives you the ability to communicate in a way you could not. Everybody always looks at tongues. It's a gift, yes, but it was also the power to communicate to a people that they didn't know their language. 
It was God communicating in a powerful way. And you can communicate under the anointing and it's so tangible. People are like, I'm touched by it. Because I came from the glory of God. The glory of his presence I'm talking about. The very encounter of him. I felt him. I experienced him. That's what John said in the first epistle. The things I've seen and heard I declare unto you. That, that you may know. you Your joy may be full. That you may experience what I've experienced. We touched him. We felt him. We experienced him. That's what God wants for every one of us. And we take that out into the world. And you don't have to be the most, uh, you know, experienced in evangelism, but you just go and what you've got within you, he who is within you reaches out to touch people and it's the body language. It's God working through the body language. Oh, I'm excited. My wife, we went into prison one time. We were just there preaching. But you, you, you were to stay as far away. Okay? Well, I have a saying, and she just picked it up. It's better to ask forgiveness than permission. Kids, don't do that. But when, the, when it concerns the things of God... So we're standing there, and here's these women. You could just see the brokenness and the darkness. And she went with me, and she said, you know what? I know we're not supposed to touch you. She goes, but the Holy Ghost is telling me to come down there and hug every one of you. And I thought, oh, Lord, put a rag over the cameras. She went down there. Oh, it was the Spirit of God. She wrapped her arms around these women that are in there and they begin to break and they begin to cry and they begin to sob because of the tangible Christ, God living through her and hugging those women. There was about eight or ten of them. She hugged every one of them and they're weeping and they're crying. I didn't even have to preach. God touched them in such a powerful way. We've shared the word, but God ministered to them. That's what I'm talking about today. The grace of God works through us in ways of ministry we don't even realize. That body language. I was listening to Adrian Downs, and he shared how he went to Russia. And he's sitting there, and he said, God, here's all of these women here in this church service. And I can't speak to them in Russian. I don't know their language. And he said, the Holy Ghost spoke to him and said, pull your fingernail clipper out of your pocket. And he grabbed this elderly woman's hand. Because I can tell you, Russian women work. He said, she had dirt under her fingernails. And he said, I grabbed her hand. And I began to pull out that file. And he said, I began to. Scrape that dirt out from underneath her fingernail. Here's a woman who could not speak English. He couldn't speak Russian. A hard people. Oppressed for 70 to 100 years in communism. Been told there is no God. And then God shows up and begins to clear out these fingernails. And this woman sat there. 
on her face. You don't have to speak their language. Love has a ability to begin to circumvent and go around the limitations of language, of all things. God breaks through that <laughs> by his grace. Peter had a glorious experience and that glorious experience took him a lot of places. He experienced the revelation of God. He experienced knowing who the son of God was and he experienced, I can step out in faith and know that God can use me in spite of me and in spite of all of my inabilities and limitations. He's greater than all of those things. Thank God. Nobody'd be saved if he had to depend upon us alone. The God of all grace showed up through Peter's mistakes. Remember whenever he said, yeah, Jesus pays tribute. I don't, Peter, but you know what? I'm going to fix your problem that you made for me. There's going to be a coin in the fish's mouth. Go pay that. He didn't say, go back in there and explain to them the real story. He said, let me give you grace for this. And he did. Remember whenever he whacked off Malchus's ear? Jesus said, let me fix your mistake, Peter. God's grace. You ever done something and you needed God to intervene and help to do damage control? He's the God of grace that'll bring you through, help you with the damage control. I've said things and done things and acted in ways. <laughs> I've got angry. Amen. Like Moses and whacked him with that rod and all the fruit fell off. <laughs> God said, now you've done it. But he gave me the grace to go back and say, you know what? I'm sorry. I'm really sorry. Forgive me. I made a mistake. I got in my flesh. I got angry. And all the fruit and everything that I've done up to this point is now gone. Because I showed you how fleshly I am. But let me tell you about the love and the grace of God. He forgave me. And I'm hoping that you'll show me that same grace. I'm going to tell you something. God is so awesome. He's the God of all grace. He shows up through our mistakes. He shows up in everything. And the greatest mistake that Peter ever made was the pride uh, of, 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 that he could keep himself from falling. And we all have to realize that, uh, uh, you know, that we are only what we are by God's grace. We only stand by his grace. I said, Lord, let me share some things with you. I'm not going to take all day, I promise. But I, I just remember... There have been times that, you know, I, I didn't, I didn't pray. I didn't seek God. Let me back up here just a second. There were times that I disciplined myself and I would fast and pray and get in the word. And I came into that service as the pastor and worship leader and nothing. And I thought, Lord, I paid the price. 
I did my homework. I prepared. I did everything. And nothing happened. And, 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 and I, I just left it at that and said, Lord, you, you know, you're in charge. But then there have been times that I didn't even have time to barely say the Lord's Prayer. And I went into that service. And I said, God, you've got to help me. And the Spirit of God fell so powerfully. And I stepped back and I'm like, Lord. He said, it's not about you, Jonathan. It's not you. You're just the vessel. Remember that. But through, through, through Peter's life, the grace of God showed up constantly. And I may not be conveying it the, the best way, but he didn't realize that he is only what he is by God's grace. But thank God he showed him that. And at the latter part of his life in his epistle, he realized that and he wrote that. He's the only one that can bring me through the suffering. And I can tell you, when you failed God, you're suffering. You're feeling the suffering. You're feeling the shame. You're feeling the guilt. You're feeling the darkness and the lowness. And I've been there many times and God had to pick me back up and show me, yes, I'm the God that will help you through your mistakes and the times that you got ahead of me. But not all, we, real, we have to realize it's not our own power or might, but it's the strength of the Lord. And when you're fighting the enemy, because he said, Peter, the devil desires to sift you like wheat. He wants to shred you. He wants to sift you and he wants to destroy you. He said, but I'm praying that your faith fail not. I'm praying that was the grace of God that he's interceding in eternity for us to make it through the trial that the enemy has come up against us. A lot of times people think, you know, as a Christian, you know, if we're in a right place, we'll never get attacked. Ha ha. Let me tell you something. You, you've got it sorely, sadly mistaken. It's whenever you're doing what you're supposed to do, the devil shows up the greatest and he's the greatest attack and threat to your or onslaught against you. We, we just came back from Kenya two two or three weeks ago and when we were there we had a tremendous service and we went to the hotel that night and and I'm not here to give the devil glory I'm here to give God glory but I want to share with you and that night that first night we're in that hotel and at three o'clock in the morning something came in that room and it sat on my stomach I couldn't even hardly breathe I couldn't hardly get up out of bed I couldn't hardly get out of my mouth Jesus or the blood of Jesus but as I begin to sit up and I begin to quote the scripture and I begin to plead the blood and I begin to bind the enemy. God said everything I've ever put in you, every attack you've ever went through and every fight and warfare you've had, I'm drawing up everything I ever learned in my life. And I'm sitting on the side of that bed, just trying to get through 25 minutes, binding the enemy, pleading the blood, telling the devil he's defeated. Finally, my wife woke up and she grabbed my arm and the spirit of God came upon me and he said one can take a thousand two can take ten thousand and I felt the spirit of God begin to flow through me and the power of God and it just went like this and it was an attack diabolical like I've never experienced but I found out something the blood of Jesus never loses its power The blood of Jesus, the power of the cross. I'm telling you, that's why you got to know the word of God. You got to know in whom you have believed. That thing left. Oh. I'm telling you, I never confronted anything like that in my life. But God said, I 
brought you and allowed that so you can know that the blood of Jesus, you have a new respect, a new appreciation. You have, you've, you, you've come to a place where you broke through and you know that devil is powerless to this blood. But if you'd have tried to do it on your own, you'd have been lost. You'd have been without help. You'd have been in trouble. Thank God for the blood. You can't do it on your own. Don't try. Because I'm going to tell you something. The devil's a punk. He's savage. He ain't no gentleman, I'll tell you that. Holy Ghost is a gentleman. Felt the presence of God this morning. I said, Lord, there's such a gentle, warm spirit of God in here. That enemy's the exact opposite. But he said, I'm showing you my power. Invested in a person who is absolutely helpless without my power. But it's my grace. It's my grace that taught you every scripture you know. Every experience you've ever had. Oh, I'm nearing the airport here. Stay here with me. I found a new revived respect and appreciation for the blood. Jesus prepared Peter. And he warned him of Satan's intentions. You know, grace... In every circumstance, and the God of all grace in every situation gives us preparation for those times. We came down. We used to have quads. I got rid of all of them. Thank you, Jesus. But we had quads. And my daughter-in-law went up a hill, and I went up behind her. But I thought, we're going up straight uphill. I thought, Lord, we got to the top of the hill, but that wasn't the feet. Now i got to go down that thing. We started going down and I felt that quad wanting to flip. Well, I've already had two brain injuries. I don't need a third. (laughs) Coming down and I said, Jesus, Jesus. And that quad got stuck on a rock and I had a moment and I was just like, what do I do? Just like that. The Lord said, take off the brake and let it roll right down that hill. Don't try to break. Don't try to correct. Don't try to fix it. Don't try to fix it. Let me do it. He said, you're hanging on the rock right here. You're standing on the rock. I've held you here for a moment to give you your mind and let you gather your thoughts and process the danger that's ahead of you. But it's going to only be as you listen to me, I'll come down that hill safely. They're all down there at the bottom of the hill, pleading the blood and praying. What did pastor do? I don't know. I lost my mind for a second, but here we are. And I rolled down that hill and God kept that quad. I mean, I was like this. He kept that thing. And he said, don't take, don't put your, your hand on the brake. Just let it phew, come all the way down. Here we are at the bottom of the hill. We saw shortly after that quads. I said, Lord, you spared me. He said, I stopped you and I wanted to teach you a lesson. Hold you're standing upon that rock. You're held. That was held by a rock. I was stopped. And he said, just listen to me. Do what I tell you to do. The grace of God gives you instruction. And he tells you what to do. It gives you a moment. I had a moment to hear what he had to say. He's the God of all grace. Warning Peter. And Peter failed. But God's grace stepped in. And he restored him. He was there in his denial and failure. He was there in his restoration. 
He truly never left him nor forsook him ever. And he put the gracious hope in Peter. If I ever get another opportunity to prove to Jesus how much I love him, I will. And I know God loves us far more than we could ever know. You know, there's something down deep within you whenever you've had an encounter and you've messed up. And you're like, God, will you ever bring me back to that place again? I always love to share this story. And I'm going to close with this. But Peter and the disciples followed him. And they went back in that boat and they started fishing. That's a thing that a lot of people do. They go back to what they knew before. Not to the new life that the Lord gave them and understanding. But he did what he knew to do. Our whole life is just, I've failed Jesus and, and he's not here anymore. I know he was surfacing and for 40 days in and out and popping into the room. And, but Peter went fishing and the disciples went with him. And you know, I love it because he's on the shore and he's got the fish and the bread and the coals. And he's giving them instruction to throw that net back in the water again. And I love it when John said, Peter, that's the Lord. That's the Lord. This may mean nothing to you, but it means everything to me. Because I've been there like Peter. The Bible said he didn't even have any clothes on. Here he is. He didn't wait to bring those fish in. He didn't wait to bring that boat in. He said, if I ever get another opportunity to prove to him how much I love him. And here's Jesus. And he's there on the shore. It's the Lord. He jumped in that water and he swam so fast. I believe he swam as fast as he could. Oh, Michael Phelps, is that who it was? Had nothing on him. He's swimming as fast as he can to get to that shore. Because he said down deep in his heart, if I ever get another opportunity, I'm a proof to him how much I love him. Some of you here this morning, I don't know where you're at. I don't know if anything I said meant anything to you. But I know this, that God wants another encounter with you. He wants another moment with you. He wants to give you a fresh hope and a fresh touch, a fresh anointing, a fresh, you know, expectation of himself in you to show you one more time. I've not forsaken you. I've not given up on you. That grace carried Peter from the experience of encountering God, even through his failure, even to the point where he restored him. He's a God who wants to restore that experience that we had. I'm all all about devotion and an encounter with God. That's all I know. That's all I know. But I know this much. I know in whom I have believed. And I know that he'll grant it to you. And that's what's going to minister effectively in this dark world we're living in. Is that you've got something they don't have. But they need. We're not better than the world. We're different. We're different because we've got Christ in our lives. We've, we know this Savior. We know this Christ. That's what they have to have. That's what they need. He, they need him. They need what you've got. And we have to 
ever keep that fresh so that it's a tangible, transferable thing. I can tell you today, he wants that encounter with you and he wants to show you that I'm the God of grace through everything. I'm always working. I'm always working. I'm bringing you through everything you've ever suffered. I'm establishing you. I am conforming you. I'm making you and bringing you to exactly where I want you to be. Amen. I came here today and I said, Lord, you know, I can't follow Pastor Lee. My goodness. How do you do that? He said, Jonathan, I didn't ask you to do that. I ask you to be you. Be you. Well, this is me. God wants to have that deep, deep encounter with you. Bring you into his glory. Greater than you are and what you know. He wants more. More of you. Will you allow him? Will you bring yourself to that place? Because some of you in here, I know, you said, you know, I want to go to church, but I just want to kind of sit back. I just, I don't want to be like all the people that go up to the front. I just want to go in and just, God wants you to get in. He wants you to get in. He doesn't want you to get in ankle deep or knee deep. He wants you to get all the way to the top. Be out there swimming in that thing where you depend upon the grace of God. You don't, ooh, you don't have an experience that you control. A lot of people have an experience in a Christianity that they control. That's not being led by the Spirit of God. He wants more of you. He loves you. He loves me. Oh, Jesus, help me. Can the worship team of musicians come? Would you bow your heads in prayer? Father, I just thank you for this time to be able to come and be here at FNT, be here with my friends, be here with people that are of kindred spirit, even though we're from two different sides of this nation. But God, when we come into your presence, Lord, there's a kindred spirit and a culture that is, it, it, it's the same because it's Christ. And Lord, I, I did my best. I tried. And I pray that this morning that somebody in this house will have gleaned something, received something. And that you will bring them into a deeper, greater encounter in you. God, pour your spirit out today. Pour your spirit out today. Jesus, Jesus. Jesus.